Since last week's episode with Sheila Shoiga, I received a tweet from Ali Spillane, at Ali underscore Spillane, saying Darren Garrahy's voice at the start of her podcast is me when I answer the phone in work. Now I'm paranoid about it, so I'm going to loosen things up. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm Darren Garrahy, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter, from their first memories of laughter to being laughed at, to their, if I didn't laugh, I'd cry moments. We were at the mass, and the mass was so sad the whole way through. And then the priest started to sing, right? And he was doing this, la, 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 la. And he was crowbarring these words into, into bars that were way too small to fit the sentences he was trying to fit into. The, and he was singing so badly that I was like, oh, God, that's awful. And I started to smile. And then I, I kind of thought to myself... God, if Alan was here and I was in a church and we were going to someone else's funeral, he would well piss himself. Yes. Yeah. Like, this was, this was comical. Emmy Award winner and all-round cool guy Baz Ashmawi is my guest this week. He tells me about childhood in Dublin as the Egyptian lad called Basil, life as a dad of six, and what it was like to watch his mom Nancy party with Michael Douglas. I hope you enjoy. Baz Ashmeri, you are very welcome to the laughs of your life. I thank you very much for having me. I've, I'm very happy to be here. I think this is a very clever idea. Do you? Yeah, there's a lot of shit ideas. This is a good one. <laughs> not yours. I'm not talking about your ideas, but there's a lot of yeah, you're like, the you same. You usually have really bad ideas. Yeah, I'm quite. Well done, you. Can I be more patronising right now? Well done, you, with your good <laughs> idea. No, it's a great idea. Great idea. Uh, so we're here in your office, mm. which is on what street? Where That's can very I go flattering to call this ticket office. It's, it's lovely. It's, yeah, it's a room of collective crap and a desk it's, it's just cool. it's a quiet place for me to work mm. and think and is write, what it is yeah. and write and do that kind of stuff because six kids at home you just mental you know, it's no fun you're looking at them like flatmates <laughs> that owe you money do you know what i mean they just hang around and loiter and then your tanya's always talking to me and i just can't get a rhythm to anything right and, and sometimes like i i laugh with tanya because she comes into me sometimes she goes what are you doing you're just sitting there and i'm going it's it's called thinking and she's like well i wish i had time to think you know this kind of stuff <laughs> so i come down here and i literally i just kind of think and and it's your work zen stuff space yeah, it yeah. is yeah 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 okay uh well we better get started because mm. it is called the laughs of your life so let's talk about laughter mm. so what is your first memory of laughter first memory that's a good one first memory of laughter is probably something like i think i i, I think Someone gave me, as a little fella, gave me a Hulk mask. And I was running around my garden, like, just going, rawr, to be, and they were all, and I thought this was the best thing that had ever happened, was that they were all kind of, it was making me laugh rather than they were laugh. They were all terrified, even though they weren't. <laughs> but, and then my dad took off the mask and put it on and roared at me, and I bawled for like, oh, but no. I, I remember being... Incredibly scared by it and thinking that I had to not not be too scary to people because it was quite frightening. That, and uh, you know, I didn't know my own fear level, but I remember laughing at people and enjoying laughing at them. You know, what um, was your house like? It was my dad was very funny. My 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 mum was was my mum. <laughs> She's quite serious, <laughs> not serious. My mum now is one of the funniest people I know. But as a kid, my mum was always pushing me in some direction or pulling me in some direction i was one of those kids on you know on the chains or on the rubber ropes and just running forward all the time and and my mum was the one pulling me back so so she was i don't remember having loads of laughs with her as a little fella but 
But um, my dad was quite a funny guy, and and I remember laughing at him a lot. He was. He was Where was that? That was in uh, Cairo. And when did you move? Moved when I was about seven or eight. Moved to Dublin. Was, was that seven. hard? Uh, not really. It was just different. You know, it was just it was just very different to to Cairo. But but I was still surrounded by the same kind of people. Yeah. And even in Dublin at that time, we were surrounded by my dad had a lot of um, friends here and friends from the mosque. So it was still that I was still around that kind of culture a bit. You know, do you think if it had been a bit later, like teenage years, it would have been worse? I think seven or eight is like an OK age. Yeah, I think it was I think it was probably seven. I think I was quite young. I remember primary school being the first like I went through five or six different schools. So I was always that new boy called Basil. Do you know what I mean? So that was, after a while, you're like, here we go again. (laughs) name is Basil. And that's where I started to, I think first I started to use um, comedy as a mechanism. As a, a, if I can laugh at myself better than you can, then what have you got? Exactly. That kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it's a transition moving, moving countries like that. But, um, but I doubt you found it hard to make friends. No, I was quite a sweet, innocent kid. Like I was, I was very innocent, you know, in that sense, my mum kept me very sheltered. I was a kid for a long time and something I try to do with my own kids. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. It's just because you just want to keep them a kid. I know. You know, there's a, um, there's a couple of expressions that come to mind, but you know, um, innocence is a beautiful flower. Once it's touched, it'll never blossom. You know, yeah. once it's gone, it's it's gone, man. You're not getting it back. I know. So you try and you try and keep everything innocent and everything fun, and and well, I have that with my own kids, and my mum did that very much with me. You know? I'm the baby in my family, and I'm 26, and my mom every Christmas will say to me, "I'm going into town today. Santa might be around. Mm. If he is." <laughs> What I tell him you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part yeah, of that. That's part of that. Yeah, it is. It's and it's fun. Like it's that's the greatest thing about having kids is that is that they keep you they keep you they keep you young. Yeah. You know, I know from traveling with my own mom uh, doing fifty ways, if you hang around younger people, they give you great energy. You know, they, they have a different lust for life. And um, as as people get older they get slightly more bitter sometimes and resentful life didn't quite go the way they wanted mm-hmm. and th- those type of people can drag you down my mum's a very buoyant 70 year old yeah 75 year old now so her hanging around with young crew and all that kind of thing really lifted her you know and um do you think yeah 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 so i even think for my age it's good for me to um do podcasts with you and you know young talented people and you, you kind of hang out with them and have friends of different ages you know and have a laugh with all of them, of course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> can you tell me about the first time you might have felt laughed at? The butt of a joke. Ah, like I was like a half Egyptian kid called Basil. Like I was the butt <laughs> of I was the butt of everyone's joke. I remember going to boarding school and there's some ginger guy down the back getting a hiding and the guy just dropped him and went, Oh my god, it's like Babylon, what's walked in the door to him? And the ginger kid's like, oh, thank God. You know, like, so, <laughs> so just straight away, I was like, oh, shit. So, but, but, like I said. Did I, that hurt? Like, because it's, it's your very identity. I'd heard it <clears throat> I grew up in Raffarnham. So I grew up, grew up kind of, this sounds wrong, but it's sitting on walls, supermarket trolleys and footballs. Do you yeah, know? Yeah. I grew up with banter from a really young age you know and and after a while i was i just realized i was much sharper than they were 
Do you know, yeah. like they were just oh, hey, packy or you know, and yes. they use these, and I'd be like, you can't even, you can't even get my ethnicity right. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 and I would just tear them apart with, uh, with like slagging them, and same with boarding school. Like I, I, I went to boarding school in Offaly for a few years. And I noticed that, like, I was with these, I was with one lad um, for punishment. What they would do is they would put you into a higher dorm. So I got in trouble and then they moved me from first year into a, a fourth year dorm. So you'd get a bit of a kick in, yeah, to give you a bit of a lesson. That was the purpose of it. Yeah, and and then I just ended up really getting on with the lesson. Don't get me wrong, they beat the bejesus out of me and took all my tuck and and food and everything. But I I became very good friends with them. And that was purely from being able to slack. Like there was one lad called Drago. I always remember this. And he was an awfully minor. And he was like the size of the door. And he looked like Drago from Rocky. And um, and when I was kind of, he'd be slagging me off. And I was like... Because he was a country boy, I was like, what are you going to do? Hit me with a bit of turf, is it? Chase me around with a pit? You know, just just would just have banter with him. And and that's when I started first kind of going, look, if I can laugh at myself, it's yeah. learning to laugh at yourself and not take these mean words or hurtful words to heart. But does it eventually chip away at you? Or do you think that you just built up a defense no, you just you just build yeah. you build up a defense, you know. Yeah, it's like anything. Like if someone says something and it hits on your insecurities yes. or your nerves, and it's usually people close to you because mm. they're the ones who know you well and they know what will what will yes. hurt. And um, that's a different thing. But just in general, when you're growing up and you're trying to find out who you are and what you're about, um, it that takes a while and that comes with confidence, and you get that just by knowing who you are, you know. Yeah, uh, the moment when Baz, if you didn't laugh. You'd cry. I was I was at a funeral last week, and at the funeral, it was very sad. It was a young guy who who worked in RT, and I was at, at his funeral, and the place was filled, and it was just incredibly sad. And this is a guy that I wouldn't have, I would just known for like twenty years. He would have trained me on a desk in radio, you know, how to use it. And um, when I go into RT, and I'd be filling in for Ryan or one of these people or Ray or one of these people. He, I would, I'd stop at his desk and I would have a coffee with him and uh, I'd talk football and slag him a little and and then just move on, you know. And we never went for pints really outside. I was at Electric Picnic with him a couple of times. and But not best pals. It wasn't like phoning him every week. Mm. But when he died, it, it, I got really upset just because I don't know, just because he was so young. And he was such a nice guy. I don't mean this in a bad way. Like, no. there's loads of people in RT I've met over the years, but it's a tough business, you know. And and friends are, but he was someone I would have considered a friend. I would go out of my way to help him, you know, that kind of way. And um, and I was very upset. And we were at the mass, and the mass was so sad the whole way through. And then the priest started to sing, right? And he was doing this, oh, la la la, and, and he was crowbarring these words into into bars that were way too small to fit the sentences he was trying to fit into the and he was singing so badly that i was like oh god that's awful i started to smile and then i i kind of thought to myself god if alan was here and i was in a church and we were going to someone else's funeral he would well piss himself yes he would like this was this was comical and (laughs) it completely broke that moment for me of being incredibly sad to go and 
this is this is funny. The singing priest right now is just <laughs> tearing this apart. And I, I was even doing that thing where you look around yeah, and go, am yeah. I the only one that thinks this you is... You look out for other shoulders yeah, that are shaking. That, that, that this is hilarious, you know. And, <laughs> and was um, anyone else? <laughs> there was one or two eyes <laughs> over at me. But I was like, Alan would have loved this. Like, he yeah. would have really, really enjoyed that. You I know? think you do, you have to remind <clears throat> yourself of that at funerals. Because you, you then probably automatically were like, oh, God, I shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the person, it's a celebration of their life. And as you say, he would have wanted you, you can to. Get, you can get caught up. You, you mm. have to, like, there are those moments where you, you, you have to laugh. So, Buzz, mm. next up. Mm. Your no laughing matter moment. There's always room to laugh, I think. There is. I had a thing years ago where <clears throat> I had a thing called Bullets Disease. And it's of the lungs, and I was on a flight, and my my um, my lung collapsed. And that day before, I, I'd I'd rang my I'd rang Tanya, and and she said, "Well, what's going on?" She was in Spain with all the kids, and I was working, and I'd, I'd flown from London that day, and I think because I'd flown, it had accelerated the condition on my lung, the altitude. Okay. And I said, "God, I'm really, I'm just really tired. I'm just so so exhausted. You're exhausted." I'm running around here with six kids and you're sitting at home with your feet up, you laser. And we had this big, I remember just going, oh, just God. hanging up and going, I just can't handle her right now, you know. <laughs> and and anyway, I ended up in the hospital and had, you know, they did this kind of emergency procedure where, like Pulp Fiction, where they come in and they, they so they, this doctor was, a, like, honestly, about 11. She had, she was writing in crayon. Her her what? coat was all big and was like she was like something from Big. She, she looked a bit, and I was like, "You are not." Crayon. Yeah, you know, I was like, "You are not, not." Where? And she was like, "No, no." And she was trying to do this thing where she was stabbing me through the chest plate with this. They have to puncture your 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 <laughs> lung, and um, and she was just breaking these things off off my chest. And it was one of the most pain. And I was delirious now at this stage. So did she not know what she was doing? Or no, she I think, think? She, I think I, I was quite a big fella and she just couldn't penetrate through my chest. Oh, that sounds great on radio. Oh, in, in reality. But I think that's what, like she had me mounted. It was like Pulp Fiction, honestly. And I, I like I was in so much pain and I kind of don't remember all of it, but I remember kind of flinging someone off me. And then God. this other doctor came over an older gentleman and slapped me fairly hard in the face and said, look, <laughs> your lung is at about 90 eight percent so you've got about two minutes so you lift your hand over your head and then he stabbed me through the ribs and what? and that was one of the last things i remember but i remember waking up and i had all these tubes coming out of me and i looked and at the bottom of the bed was tanya she'd obviously jumped a flight and come back and and, and she was like hey baby hi are you okay and i was like you called me a lazy bastard and I was dying <laughs> you know I mean, it was such a serious moment, moment and I was like I was dying I was actually on my way I could see a light and you you were giving me hate <laughs> the, the moment you dream about oh um, but, but but I always think there's there's light in everything you know there mm-hmm. has to be because if you get swallowed in into how bad things are. I do it with my kids every day. I'd yeah. say when they're in a bad mood and we walk to school, I say, tell me three things you liked about yesterday. 
and they, you know, they and they're moody, and then they come out with them. And by the end of the conversation, they're slightly more up than they were. Yeah, it's the same. You know yourself. You get stressed. You get bogged down with stuff. You just need to take a moment and click yourself out. It has to be a conscious decision not to let yourself get completely sucked in. So, would you say you practice that kind of mindfulness oh, all the time? Every day, honestly, I really do. I, I like. I, I wholeheartedly believe in it. There's days I, I sat outside my house. And I'm in the car and like it's carnage when when I go in the door, right? It, it is. Like, I, I love you it. You really I, don't paint a great picture. If I was Tanya, I'd be fuming. Just wear a condom and just <laughs> oh, live God. your life and just have a good time and just don't have kids at all. But if you are cursed and you end up with them, um, just you just like I enjoy it. And it, it's everything. I, the reason I slag it off is because it's everything about my life, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I, I'd sit in the car some days before I go in and I try if I've had a kind of not a great day i'll just sit there and go i need to shake this off so that when i walk in the doors of the house i'm the best version of me that i can be that i don't bring this in with me or sometimes it's just the dread of going in there and i'll sit in the car and i remember one day just sitting in the car just breathing listening to the radio and i looked across and i kid you not in the in one of my neighbors was sitting in his car going And I was like, look at us both. Aren't we just a poster for dads? God, do I have to go in here? Opening a bottle of whiskey and just slugging it. Um, But but yeah, so I think I think you have to be conscious. You have to make a conscious decision to to try and lift yourself. Even even like we're saying in death, the best funerals are the best crack. I honestly like I remember one one of the funerals I went to not so long ago. and someone said to me after because I met up with loads of people I hadn't seen in ages, and we're, we're everyone's having a good time. And he was like, oh "God, we, this was great. Yeah. We should we should do this." Again. And it was. I know yeah, what he meant. It, totally. it was just a meeting of people that we hadn't. You seen. You don't and, come together like that unless it's for no. Yeah. And everyone was telling really funny stories, and you know, th- there there's always light. There's always light. So so yeah. And on looking mm. after yourself mm. or whatever is is exercise a big thing for you? I, I think exercise is great for your mind. You'll find, like, I see you in your sporty gear oh there God, now. It's my athleisure wear. Yeah, yeah. But you'll find, like, if, if you, you make it part of your day, when it's not part of your day, you see the difference. Totally. Like, you just go do your 40 minutes, your endorphins are released for the day, and you're just slightly happier, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And the same with food. It's the same with all that. Like, when I was growing up, no one knew about any of this. Now it's like everyone's banging on about it, yeah. which can make you go a bit, oh, God, here they go again. Yeah. But but it's just because it's so good for your mental health. It and really, it's free. It's, you go out and go for a run. You go for a run. You yeah. do whatever it is. There's reasons. There's, it's called runner's high. And there's, you know, it's I'd, I'd steer away from it just being aesthetic, even totally. though even though that's a good thing. It's a good thing if you look in the mirror and you like you. Yeah, you know that's important. My sister only said to me recently, I was kind of just feeling tired. I was working a lot yeah. and uh, felt like I was kind of burning out a bit and just in my mind or whatever, not majorly. And she said, "There, and everything you do is to do with work." She's like, "Even you going to the gym mm-hmm. is you going to the to the gym because you want to look good on TV." Yeah, yeah. And that's not. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's great, but it's not for you. Yeah. So that. So then I started a bit of yoga and I started, you know, whatever. But it's so true. It's, it's and it's fine. Like, what it does is it gives you a freedom, though, because I could say to you, Dear, Dear, and we're doing a self defense class down in SBG at the weekend. Why yeah. don't you come? And if you've done, if you've done a little bit of fitness, you'll throw your hand at anything. Yeah. While sometimes it's that that feeling of uh, it's like that dread that people get when they have to go back to the gym. 
I'm, it's I'm, so I'm, hard. I'm out about two weeks now. I was getting some ink done and you can't train for a while. And even now I'm like, oh, to go back. And I know once I'm back, I love it. Yeah. I have a gym back there and it's gathering dust. <laughs> and I'm just like, I have to go back. But but it's it's so, it's it's just, there's so many benefits to it. What ink have you got done, may I ask? I got, I got some of my arm done. Yeah? Yeah. Are you allowed to say what it means or what it's for? It, 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 I started it when I was 17. And I'm now 44 nearly and just about finishing it. I have another day to do. So it only took best part of two is decades. Skin, is your skin really different no, from when it was first? Like, no. Is it a bit more leathery? or No, it's... <laughs> Thank you, but... Um... Yeah, it's a, um, this arm is worth about five grand now. I was telling my missus that. With the watch included, the whole lot, is it's a nice little deal for when I go. So just cut it all off. But yeah, I think that's, but that was just something, again, um, that's something Tanya got me a voucher to get it done. Well, was, while we're talking about mm, Tanya, mm. Um, the person you always laugh with, mm. you kind of have to say her now. Or is it her? I, I've numerous people I always laugh with, okay, but I well, always laugh at her like it's we're some people pair off with people that are very similar to we are polar opposites like polar opposites she's a very sensible grounded planner um she's she we're just very she's no interest in pop culture or or anything anything to do with that no interest in tv or radio or and like 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 I, I I do radio a bit and and I'd go, Did you did you hear did no you didn't, did you? And she was like, No, why would I what what hear you talking? Like again, like I don't hear you talking and I'm like, Okay, right, okay. Just has no interest. Uh, you obviously love that. <clears throat> well I, I, what it is is I don't need that from her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, know. you have enough people around <clears throat> you telling you that you're great. And, then, and I don't mean that a bad no. way, but you do. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, like I, I, I like winding her up. Yeah, do you know, like, like, like people stop you. You know this. People stop you for selfies and things, and she doesn't do that. She's just like, well, we're on our day out, and I'm like, oh, like I'm not gonna say no. I'll never say no because it's someone who likes your stuff or, or wants to talk to you from it. So I'll never say no. But she, she would. She would say, sorry, do you mind? Because we're. We're on our day out. Has she said that to yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, she said, like, you know, if we're in a restaurant with the kids. Because sometimes people, don't, I think they don't realize, you know, like if, if you're trying to look, you're coming out of a cinema and your kids are running in four different directions. Yeah. And they're like, hi. Um, and you're like, yeah, I can do a photo. And then they're like, yeah, I don't know how this works. And, oh, God. You know, no. all that kind yes, of thing. Yes, I know. I hear um, you. Uh, but, but, like, I, I like taking the piss with her because someone will come for a selfie and I'll, I'll lean over to her and go, making people stay <laughs> you, you, you know and she's like you're such a tosser you know and i, I like the banter that we have because yeah. she keeps me very grounded mm. as well you know you don't you don't um that none of that impresses she her she doesn't let you lose it's not the yourself. reason she's with me exactly you know she's yeah. not with me because because of anything to do with that and 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 when we're together I, I like laughing at her. She's one of my favorite people to take the piss out of. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that. And she's the same with me. Like, they have a good laugh at So is she your person? I think she is. What I about think. your mom? I love laughing at her. The same thing. I like, these are people I like laughing at, you know. <laughs> and they like laughing at me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I did this thing recently. I was at my mom's and uh, my sister was passing me a, a cup of coffee and she spilt it on me. 
and I and I jumped up and it, it kind of went through my jeans or whatever. And I was like, ah, I've been burnt. <laughs> and I saw my mum and my sister's face was that where they were kind of biting their lip and, and trying not to laugh. And I went, oh, this is funny. Oh, is this funny that I got burnt? And I was having a really bad day. I was really moody anyway. And I went, well, I'm leaving. And I, and I went, I can't wait till you get burnt. And I'm there to laugh at you. And I, I drove out and, and I drove up the road and I never fight with my mum ever. And I felt so bad for, for being an killer. And I drove back down and, and, and said, I'm really sorry. If I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and she was just like, shut up. Just, just, you know, you're an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but they're all people that I like to laugh with. My friends, I have the same friends that I've had, like, since I was a kid, since school days. They're all still my mates. And, you know, they're great crack. Like, we go away for a week together. And they'll, they'll again, it's that grounding thing. Of, I remember we were away and there was a kind of, Whatever way we were uh, sitting on our sun loungers, there was a palm tree, and and I was like, oh, God, what? And they were like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, the shade, the shade of the palm tree, it's just right, it's right over me. And they were like, do you not tell them who you are? And I was like, <laughs> oh, shut up! Do you know, it's yes. that kind of banter and yeah. and that kind of subtle ways to ground, just it. a way of, of giving you because you get a lot of people talking crap in your ear when yeah, totally. you do what we do you and know? if you believe and the hype if you believed it you'd be screwed. a complete yeah you would you yeah. turn into a complete head melt yeah um but but those those people so the laughing with your friends and laughing with your family and stuff like that is very important and um, baz a time where you had the last laugh time where i had the last laugh i'm not really one of those last laughy type of people to be honest with ha ha i yeah. showed you all you know i'm not really one of them <clears throat> to be honest but it doesn't even need to be at a person say like at the universe you know what i mean like, yeah say... i had i had um i had that period where it was 2011 2012 and i'd lost my position on radio i had a radio show with lucy candy i'd had my lungs um and i couldn't get any work and that was for I remember trying to get meetings in RT and all of a sudden these people who I'd worked with for a long time, I couldn't get meeting with them. You know, I just, they were giving me meetings in nine months time. I have a, I have a slot in April and you're like, what? And then all my shows were rating really well, but, but they, one of them got cancelled midway through. And then I finally got a, a talk with someone and they kind of said to me, look, I think, I don't think you're going to have a career in television. I think you're kind of finished. So maybe you should go back and do what you did before. And I was like, what? Go around Double Day Book Club, is it? I've been doing this for like 15 years. Like, what What you mean? Mm. And I was like, maybe I should go to the UK. And they were like, well, yeah, maybe. And I was like, okay. And I remember I smoked at the time. And I remember sitting <clears throat> on the wall outside RT. And I bought these cheap lighters. I'll always remember this. I bought these cheap lighters on Moore Street. And I was lighting this fag and the lighter blew up. Right, it just exploded, and and I just thought, oh God, I would walk in front of a bus right now. I I would just, it would yeah. just it could, if I could touch it, yeah, it would just turn to shit. It was one of those kind of. And I remember talking to Nancy, and I was feeling really sorry for myself. And my mum doesn't really entertain that, and she was just like, just get up and go to work and come up with an idea and do it yourself. I couldn't even get a production company to to work with me. Do you know? And I was like, this sucks. So then I started kind of 
um, my my father-in-law had an office on Pembroke Street that had been taken by the banks at the time, but it was empty. So I used to go in there with a little heater and my laptop and just work and just go there every day to, to try and come up with ideas. And um, and then I got Mammy away. Mm. And that was like, it, it, do you know what it was? It was the only bit of light there was, was if I can get something away with these guys, there might be a chance that, you know, I can turn it around. And and I had two young babies at the time. Hannah was like two and Mahi was one or just a baby, you know, and and I had the other kids as well. So I had felt a lot of pressure, you know, yeah. but um, <clears throat> then Mammy came off and Mammy was very popular. And then in 2015, so two years from then, I was standing on stage in New York getting an Emmy, you know, my God. And I remember just thinking, God, that's weird that's that's weird that you can go from you can go from such a low point like literally thinking <clears throat> i did sales for years i was a recruitment consultant in london i specialized in web architects and web engineers and i was like do i go back to that and i was like i can't go back to that i just i'm it's not what i do i'm good at this like this i love this i love tv i love entertainment i love theater i love all those i love the artistic side of all that i don't want to go and change that but when you've a load of people telling you sorry that's it you know you you start you could you could start to believe them yeah and that's why you shouldn't ever ever listen to anyone people keep saying and i've talked to people about this before they keep asking what's the ingredients to success or how did you do they all go how did you do that it's, it's really simple you get up and you work your arse off yeah. And that's how it happens. Anything, that's how it happens. Like people think there's some secret to it. Like going to the gym, I'd love to go to the gym. I just can't. What time do you get up at? Eight? Well, well maybe get up at seven. Oh, oh, but I love my sleep. Maybe sleep slightly less. Go to bed slightly earlier. You know, you you can live in excuses of, and, and there is luck comes into it. But as well, you manufacture your own kind of luck. You totally. put yourself out there and you work hard. So that was one of those moments that I had that I was I was just kind of like, wow. And I say to my guys all the time, my kids, I say, the life is just snakes and ladders. Don't presume anything. You're high. You think it's all in the bag. And then the next thing you slide down and you think, how did that happen? And you come back up. And I remember seeing an interview with, uh, with I think it was um, Joan Collins or someone. But she was talking about fame in the weirdest way. She was talking about it in periods of time. As in, I remember in the 60s. And I was really famous. And then in the late 70s, I was famous again. And and, 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 and she was talking about it because it was spiked. Yeah. It was her popularity was spiked. She did a big show and then she did nothing. And yeah. then she did a big show and then she did nothing. And, that's how it goes. Yeah. And that's kind of how it goes, yeah. you know. But but you just have to be sure what you want to do. And, and, and did that whole experience make you realize everything happens for a reason? Or do you believe that? Do you think that that was a kind of a, everything happens for a reason, the terrible thing happened so that it would lead to the great thing? Or do you just... No, yeah, I believe, because I, I remember at the time there was a job up on 98FM mm. and it was me and another DJ were were the ones who were teed up for it. And it dragged on for about three months. They hadn't decided who they were going to go with and the other guy got it. And I remember at the time thinking, damn, that was, that was the chance. That was the chance to get that show and... 
and carve a way back. But really, that wouldn't have been the right thing. Looking back now, that wouldn't have been because it wasn't what my love was. Now, I'm sure if I had done it, I would have worked my arse off at it mm. as well. And Throw made, yourself into it. Yeah, but, but it was TV that I wanted to do. And it was I have a TV head. And that's what I like doing. So I was, yeah, I suppose things do work out. You just can't see it in the big picture sometimes, you know. You're you're so close to everything that sometimes you need to step back and go, if there's five things, it's an, a numbers game. If there's five things, maybe I'll, I'll try five different things and two of them might land and, and do it like that. Or, you know, if you've got to, if you're trying to, you want to study something, you can study at night and time goes by really fast. Yes. Like you're young. It's time is still like... <gasps> It's ages you're one of them aren't you still yeah. how, how many sleeps <laughs> like while well, i'm like god years go like this like I, it amazes me you can have letters after your name in four years from now if you want yeah you know th- that to me is unbelievable yeah you can you know i've, I've watched my kids i'm learned the piano now you know and just amazing things you can do just with time and a little bit of effort you know i know this isn't really to do with the interview mm. but just I, I think people want to know what are the emmys like and like prepping to go to that and did you think you had a chance of winning honestly no 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 we went and do you know what's funny is getting nominated was better fun what was was a bigger was deal a bigger deal yeah kind of and seeing my mum in new york my mum had never been to new york oh and she got God. picked up in a limo and I saw her like hanging out with Michael Douglas, which no, no, no young son wants to see his mother hanging out with Michael <laughs> Douglas. But it, but I remember just sitting there and, and all that meant a lot. But the win for me wasn't the Emmy. The win for me was that the show was really popular and people really liked it and they loved my mum and all that. That was, I know that sounds kind of bullshitty, no, but it it's not. That was the truth. And on the night, like you get to see the other, um, the other people you're up against. You get to see their shows. And one, one of the other shows was this, this doctor and two guys built a plane and flew it around Africa helping orphans. And I watched nice. it and I cried during it. And I looked over at them and I went, you bastards <laughs> and i went there's no way we're beating that it was a beautiful beautiful documentary it was shot beautiful it was just a stunning piece of telly like and i just thought there's no way we're beating that and it was their third time losing right so uh, and i we were sat beside them and as soon as we won i was like Woo! i think i think i grinded your man's table I was like, yeah, I, I didn't mean it in a kind of, bra- yeah, but I was like, yeah, and, and then uh, it was only afterwards I went, that was so ungracious how I did that. Like, I wouldn't mind my commission editor jumped on my back, you know, and she was like wild and, and that was all great. But but you know what? You come home and you stick it on a mantelpiece yeah. and it means very little else than I would like another one. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how I came out of it. I was just like, that was nice. And it was nice, you know, the, the, you know having an Irish flag and standing beside an Emmy and doing all that stuff. But yeah. but it just made me want another one. It just made me want... It's gas, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's, it's that thing of, um, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I'm skinny. I'll be oh, happy when I win an award. I'll be I happy. Know. And then it happens. And yes, there's the moment of elation, but it doesn't really last. No, it's it's it, it, there was a great speech to, from at the Golden Globes one here from Jim Carrey. 
and they were introducing and they said, look, it's three-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey. And he came in and he went, that's right. I go to bed at night and I'm three-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey. Get up in the morning and I'm three-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's left? Just one more and then I'll be complete. Then I'll be four-time Golden. You know, because yeah. it's bullshit. You, yeah. you never, you'll never... You need goals for you to drive for, but you have to be careful that your goals aren't <laughs> miscalculated. As yeah. in, it, the, the journey you, is, yeah, you it's, know. it's the it's where you get your enjoyment from. Like if you're having a good time, this is all, and it's the same when I'm making telly. If I'm having a good time making it, if I'm laughing with the crew doing it, yeah, I kind of know it's it's good, and that's how I judge everything is on my gut reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people aren't happy enough in the now. No, they're not. You know, and it's natural. Like, you shouldn't beat yourself up about it either. But, no, but, my dad says <clears throat> it's unrealistic to, you can't be happy all the time. You simply can't be. Mm. What he says is you should strive for a level of contentment. Mm. It's the materialism of things. My, my Tanya has no interest in stuff like that. Nothing. No. Me, I'm hoarder i love it <laughs> that watch i buy that watch i'll be incredibly happy because i'll have that watch you know you get, rocked in I, in gucci sunnies today I, there you go gucci sunnies they will make me happier <laughs> they they don't particularly make me happy no. i'll sit on them they'll break yeah. and then i'll go and waste more money on something <laughs> like that you know it, it these these are things that don't bring you happiness no. and this is what the problem is is people believe that I'll, you know, I'll invest myself in that or you constantly have been told, if you have this, you'll be much happier. Mm. I, I, I'm a complete tra- trainer freak and have been all my life. But just recently, I've started to go, oh, just there's always a new set of trainers and I like, can't keep up with it, you know. <laughs> it's like just before you settle down, you go, oh, it's just it's the same thing. There's always, there's always another girl in another restaurant or just, you know, you just think you get sick of... Of the same, you want something more, yeah. you know, and 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 sometimes I think you get caught up in in thinking things will give you that, yeah. Like you say, bigger house, million quid, get a million quid, I'll be happy. You get to a million quid, and then you're like, I need two million, yeah. You know, or, or you know, whatever it is, you just so you're better off just taking moments and being kind of very grateful in in the sense of what today is and mm. what you want, you know. Yeah. If laughter wasn't the best medicine, mm. as what do you think would be? If laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would the best medicine be? I think being humbled is good. I think that's that's a good thing. I think people can forget sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like um, you walk by someone on the street who's looking for money, you know, very, very easy with your big brand Thomas bags as you're running down the road with your sister, you know, thinking, do you know, we're rushing, I'm going to go to lunch and, and just forgetting that that's a person. Oh, he's a junkie. Is he a junkie? Did you just say he's a junkie? Hmm. You know, it's very easy to not see a human person there. You yeah. know, I'm doing the show Wingman at the moment and, and all the time I'm doing it, I'm meeting these. And I love it because normal People, this is what TV people say. Yeah, they're normal contributors. What's the contributor? Oh, you know, and you think, please don't call the, please don't call Jimmy a contributor. Jimmy's yeah. Jimmy. So, yeah. yeah, you know, and and it, it's very easy to forget what real life is. It's like when you meet real life heroes and you think, Jesus, 
That's amazing. Like I did a thing with firemen in New York years ago, a show. And I remember just being blown away because they're part time and they do it for they do for little to no money. And a lot of them die doing it. Mm. You know, same these trawler men, these fishermen who go out and just do it for 200, 300 quid a week. Mm hmm. 10-day trip, they made 350 quid for 10 days out in sea. You know, they die all the time. Just boats sank all the time. You know, these real people who live real life. And and it's the same. You can lose your empathy for the world a bit. Yeah. And and I think sometimes when you have the rug taken out from underneath you a little, you know, it's it's a good thing to be humbled. It is. I I think it is. Like, I was at a taxi rank come back from the theatre last night and there's a woman in a wheelchair and... A gentleman there and this bus uh, uh, like like this 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 cab came and you know one of those ones tailored for a wheelchair yeah, yeah. with the big high roof and all and i was yeah. like oh yeah and this guy just jumped in it and i was like hold on a sec it, it, obviously this might suit this person better now and he was like no this uh, uh, in the queue and i was like fuck man seriously like come on you know and, did you say that yeah i was just come on and he was like, oh, no, I've got to go. I was like, oh, wow, man, that's just incredibly, incredibly cold, you know. Blinkered. Uh, blinkered, blinkered completely. Yeah. But, but. Um, but do you think it takes life experience? Like, I know you're talking about kids and I agree mm. with that. But do you think it takes life experience to kind of humble you a bit? Like, I know my parents, they had a construction company for 26 mm. years. Wow. And went into voluntary liquidation in 2010 because there was mm. nothing happening. Mm. And obviously, it was like a death in the family for about two years. Mm. It was just grim in our house. But they now can say it was one of the best things that ever happened to them in terms of being humbled and yeah. being grounded and realizing what's actually important. And, you know, not uh, getting caught up in the Celtic Tiger madness. Absolutely. And it's the same. Like, it's a very simple thing is to just get caught up in your world. And it happens all the time. Like, um, you complain about first world things, right? And and I'm not saying they don't matter. They do matter. But, like, last year we had, I had one daughter, we found out, um, just had a seizure out of the blue. She had epilepsy, and none of us knew. And then I had another daughter, and she had um, a hole in her heart. So she had heart surgery. And as soon as something like that happens, everything else goes out the window like i mean i mean absolutely everything else goes out the window and you think what was i what was i complaining about before what the head gasket in the car was it was that what i was giving out about and then you're sitting in the hospital and when you're in the hospital then you meet someone else whose kid has leukemia and is traveling from roscommon and has no money and and can barely afford the parking up in dublin do you get me and it's coming up working all week and coming up every evening and going back like are living just and we'll do that for the next five years yeah. if they're lucky and you see those people and then you just you just really you 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 just get a slap in the face yeah. and it humbles you you start to think well man we're incredibly lucky right now like yeah. we're incredibly lucky that we we our kid is okay and our kid is fine and it'll all work out and, and other people aren't you know so so yeah i i i think i think life experiences do give you that like I've had money, lost money, and had money. Again. You know, I've, yeah. I've, once you've been on that, it's an education. Totally. It does ground you a bit, yeah. 
So being humble. Being humbled. Is I the best medicine. Is a good medicine for people. Yeah. It's gone deep there. Yeah, I think, I think so. It's gone yeah. pretty deep, yeah. but I have a quick fire round to lighten the mood. Yes, good. Is that okay? Yes, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In terms of laughter, the movie you always laugh at without fail. Oh, Trading Places. Tell me about yeah, it. So, haven't seen I'm it. so old. Eddie Murphy. Right. Um, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Um, homeless guy on the street and um, a very rich um, Wall Street banker. And um, they trade and, places. And these two guys, these two old guys, have a bet that they can change their lives. So they make the, the rich guy the homeless guy and they make the homeless guy a, and they have a little bet. And it's all about that. But it's a very, it's very old now. I think it's 82 or something like wow. that. But it's um, prime Eddie Murphy time. Prime Eddie. It's his, I think it's his. Eastern resistance. Amazing. Yeah, it's very good. The actor or actress or both mm. that you always laugh at. I know everyone's going to say this, but I, I, I'm a massive Steve Coogan fan. Not Steve Coogan, because he he can tend to be a bit of an arse. I think I don't know, <laughs> but I'm I'm in awe of him as a talent. Well, you see, Will Ferrell is someone I always laugh yeah. at. Yeah. But that's just his face makes me his laugh. Face. He's just he's just got such a sweet face. He and doesn't even need to open his mouth and you're laughing. Yeah, he's just his face. I just love him, you know. But I think everyone has that with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, okay, the book. Are you a reader? A little bit. There was one that uh, I was uh, I read it recently. Um, about the about Hitler coming back to back to today. Oh really? Yeah, it was a very famous by a German author. I can't, I'm trying to. Is it not me or not I? Don't know. I think I can't remember. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Next. Okay, the comedian stand up. You always laugh at. Jeez, these are really hard. Like, I, I love Dylan Moran. Um, I would say of all time was probably. Um, for Eddie Murphy, there was, uh, I think Richard Pryor was probably my favorite comedian growing up, or Eddie Murphy. He was the same. But now I watch them now, they're really not PC at all. Oh, oh, they God, were, right. oh my God. Oh my God. I was like shocked. I was showing someone, oh, it's going to be so funny with And the whole thing, oh, I was God. like, oh my God. No. Yeah, it was like just gay bashing and, and just uh, like sexist misogynistic and, I and was, you had to backtrack I, and i was like well it was the <laughs> 80s were a shitty time for all of us we'd laugh at anything back then and you know it was just really difficult you know um but i just love comedy so it's very hard like i i love noel fielding i love um russell brand mm. um i love darrow breen, darrow I, breen yeah. I i you know there's just so like i love comedy it's like your favorite movie like as soon as i say one there's a million others I think of that, uh, you know, totally. like Elf. I, we watch that every year. You know, it's the same thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but these very long, quick fire round. Isn't it? Sorry, <laughs> ah, I okay. completely missed the now point. No, we're going to wrap it up mm. um, with your worst joke. <laughs> there's two that are really bad. There's um, okay, uh, so awful joke, right? So Jimmy's in the pub and he's crying. And his mate comes over and goes, Jimmy, what's wrong with you, man? And he goes, I'm, it's, I go home. I'm so drunk. And if I go home and I, my miss sees me like this and I got sick of myself and she sees me, she's going to, 
she's going to leave me, man. And he went, look, relax. And he's like, no, I could, look, I'm not puking all over myself. And he goes, listen, this is what you do. You take out 20 euro, you go home, and when she comes up to you, you say, I was in the pub, I had a few drinks. Um, yeah, I had a few, but this guy got sick on me, but he gave me 20 euro for the for the laundry, you know? Mm-hmm. And he goes, you just do that. I said, see, lads. Yeah, okay. So he drinks. About four o'clock in the morning, he comes stumbling in the door. <clears throat> this guy, this is going bananas, like slamming doors. Like, That's it. I warned you that you're like a puke. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. See, I was 20 euro. I was in the pub. I, yeah, I had a few drinks. Uh, I did have a few drinks. And, and someone got sick of me. And he gave me this. I mean, 20 euro for the laundry. And she went, that's 40 euro. And he goes, yeah, the guy who shot my pants, he gave me 20 euro too. That's the worst joke I know. That is so gross. <laughs> I can't even make eye contact with you right now. Oh my God. Yeah. Baz Ashmawi, we're going to have to wrap it up there. There you go, there you go. Thank you so much Thank for sharing. You. Thank you, I'm sorry, a bit, a bit scatty. I start to warm up about four o'clock, so, so sorry about that. Thank you for sharing nah, the laughs of your life nah, with thanks me. thanks a Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life. I hope you enjoyed it. If there's anyone you'd like to hear from, get in touch. Tweet me at Theron Garrahy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, and all those other things. This podcast is recorded in collaborative studios. Mm-hmm.